0: Good morning. If you're part of our church family, then you know those are words that I say pretty much before every sermon on Sunday mornings, and I say it to you, you say it back to me. If you don't say it loud enough, then I usually make you say it again, and unfortunately with things being the way that they are and circumstances being what they are, I don't get to hear you say that back this morning, but I'll just assume that you said it. And I do get to talk with you this morning, I'm excited about that but it's not exactly in the way that I would prefer. I wish we were meeting together. I wish we were fellowshipping together as a church family, but we're not. And so we're just trying to make the best of these unique circumstances that we're in. Speaking of those circumstances, I did want to let you know kind of what's going on and some decisions that are being made in regards to our church family. As all of you know, and concern or out of concern for the COVID-19 virus and everything that's going on and associated with that. Many schools and churches and public gatherings have closed in the interest of public health and safety. And so to do our part and to help prevent the spread of this disease in our community, the elders thought it was the best decision for us to cancel our services last week, this week, next week, and for the time being and all church-related activities, and certainly we'll keep you abreast of things that are going on, but we want to be working with in conjunction and smart and wise about these things as we listen to those who are sending down recommendations, and, and so we want to work in conjunction with that. And I hope you know that these decisions have not been made rashly or, or taken lightly. They've been covered in prayer, but these are hard decisions, and, and we've struggled with these decisions on what's the right thing to do, but I hope you know that we've we put a lot of thought and a lot of discernment into these decisions, but they're, they're tough because these are unique circumstances that we are in. and We just feel like this is the best course of action and important decision that we're making to, to love our neighbors and how we love our neighbors and our community and, uh, and helping to prevent the spread of this disease. And Part of loving our neighbors is being aware of, of the vulnerable among us. Our children, those with compromised immune systems, the elderly. And so part of that is, is taking a pro, an appropriate course of action that honors and cares for them. And listen, even though we're not going to be meeting together physically as a church body, we're still one in spirit. And, and even though we're worshiping separately, we're still worshiping together as the body of Christ. And, and, and I, I do believe that this can, this can be a good thing for us. I know it's going to be challenging times, but hopefully it can be a reminder for us that the church is not the building. The church is the people. And even though we're canceling services, church is not canceled. We're still called to be the body of Christ and to be the church wherever we are and whatever circumstances that we are going through. And so certainly nothing can replace the importance and the priority of gathering together as a church body, but we hope this is just a temporary solution as we work together to help prevent the spread of this illness. That being said, I do want to welcome you this morning, wherever you are, whoever you're with. Maybe you're at home with your family or maybe with a couple of friends or maybe you're just by yourself. That's okay because, again, even though we're separated and even though we're not together, I hope you know that we are still one through the blood of Jesus Christ. As we begin this morning, I just want to offer a prayer from God's Word over our church, over our community, over our nation, over our world. And it's a prayer from Scripture. Uh, it's from Psalm 103, and, and this is from the message version. But I just want to pray this over, over us and over our community and over our nation and our world during this time. The psalmist says, Oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless his name. Oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins, everyone. He heals your diseases, everyone. He redeems you from hell, saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. And I love this part. God makes everything come out right. That's who God is. And because that's who he is, that affirms what he does. We're certainly in the midst of some scary and dark and uncertain crazy times in our world, and, and there's so much anxiety and fear as a result of that, and, and we can see that our world is filled with those things, and even us as Christians, it's probably camping out among us, but I'm reminded of, of what the Paul, Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 when he's talking to Christians about uh, those who have lost loved ones, and he tells them not to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. And church, I believe that in these fearful, uncertain, anxious times that the Apostle Paul would tell us who follow Jesus that we are not to live like the rest of men who have no hope. Because we do have a hope. Even in the midst of these times, we're not called to live in panic and fear because we have a living hope through and in Christ Jesus our Lord. I also think about Paul's words in 2 Timothy chapter 1 where he says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear. You see, if you and I have a spirit of timidity or fear, We didn't get it from God. We got it from somewhere else. Because God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. And so with that in mind, as we share some time together this morning, what I want to do is I want to simply give you a mantra. I want to give you a mantra that you can put in your heart and in your soul and, and have in the forefront of your mind as we try to walk through this season and future seasons of fear and uncertainty. You know, a mantra is something that we tell ourselves repeatedly. We tell it to ourselves, we tell it to each other, we say it over and over again because it's a declaration of how we want to live. And so the mantra is simply this. Things may seem like they're out of control for us, but God is still in control. Things may seem like they're out of control for us, but God is still in control. I want you to write that down. Put it in your phone, write it on a piece of paper, maybe on a post-it note, stick it on your refrigerator, stick it on your your mirror in your bathroom, or stick it on your your dash, on on your car. Put it somewhere where you'll see it and you'll remember it. Memorize it. That things may seem like they're out of control for us, but God is still in control. Would you repeat that with me? Things may seem like they're out of control for us, but God is still in control. Of course, the reality is that right now in our world things seem like they are so out of control, and as a result, there is so much fear and anxiety. Certainly, there's fear and anxiety over just the the COVID nineteen, the coronavirus, and and all that goes with that but also all the ramifications and and effects that it's having on our economy and our our businesses and and on our own our own personal finances and and so many other things that that we are fearful and there's just so much fear and anxiety with every day you just feel the fear rising people are afraid of of their kids getting sick people are afraid of an aging parent or grandparent getting sick people are afraid of of losing their job People are afraid of losing their business. People are afraid of the economic uncertainties that this is bringing. People are afraid of hospitals being so overwhelmed that they can't handle all of the people that need to be taken care of or those that are in need of different medical care aren't being taken care of. People are afraid of of so many different things. The list just goes on and on and on. And there are real questions being asked. I mean, can we get this under control? How long is this going to last? How severe is it going to get? What are all the ramifications and fallout going to be from all of this? And listen, those are real fears. And those are real fears that we are facing and that we are thinking about. And these are scary and uncertain times. But the question I have for us is, what about real faith? What about real faith? Because while all of those fears are going on and, and they're at the forefront of our hearts and our minds, God is whispering to us, what about your faith? yes, we all have real fears, but we have real faith too, don't we? We have real faith that the living God is among us. Even though things may seem like they're out of control, he is among us and he's still in control. When I think about the experience of seeming like things are out of control, I can't help but think of the disciples. You know, they they lived, they walked with Jesus, they followed him. And yet you think about those last few days between Jesus's Death and and his arrest, and all that surrounded that. And things just seemed like they were out of control for them. They followed him, they loved him, they gave their lives to him. And then in these last few days, things are just falling apart and out of control. And and things didn't go quite according to the plan that they had. I, I think that's one of the things that comes to mind when I think about the disciples and kind of how they process that. And I find that true in my own life, that things don't always go according to the plan I have. I mean, we say we're going to follow Jesus. We say we're going to live for him, and, and we mean well, but at the same time, we we all have a plan for our lives. We all have a plan for how we think the future should go, and it's like, well, God, you know, I, I know that you've got plans, but but I, I just want to let you in on my plan. I, I've got a plan, and here's how I think things should go, and I think you should really get on board, and the disciples, they had a plan, but Jesus had a different plan, and things seemed to be out of control, and falling apart and they start bailing on jesus peter denies jesus the apostles all uh, disperse things just seem like they are out of control but not for god i think about in john chapter 16 before all this happens jesus actually tells his disciples what's going to happen he says to them a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home and you will leave me all alone The one they said they would never leave, they would never abandon. Jesus, we'll never leave you. We'll never never give up on what we deeply believe in. We believe you're the the Christ, the son of the living God. We'll never leave you. We'll never abandon you. And Jesus says, yeah, you will. Things start falling apart and and you start falling apart. Fear comes on the scene and takes over and, and things just unravel. But that's not all Jesus said. He goes on to say this. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. You see, even though it looked like everything was out of control and things were falling apart, Jesus knew that God was still in control. This is not just a mantra. This is not just some some fun words to say or something that we do put up on a mirror or on on our, our refrigerator. This is real. This is who God is, and therefore it affirms what he does. Jesus says, the Father is with me. And I told you these things so that in me, so that trusting in me. You see, you're going to put your trust somewhere. Where are you putting your trust? In the CDC, in the news media, in the government. So often, especially in times of fear and uncertainty, we tend to put our faith and our trust in all the wrong things. And we lean on all the wrong things. But but God is really the only one who is the certain thing. And I'm telling you, he can be trusted. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me, trusting in me, you may have peace. You know what this world needs right now? This world needs people who know real fears, but above that, who know real faith. And the real faith overrides the real fear. It just sets everything in perspective, And because you trust him, you, you know and you have a faith that is unshakable and it is assured and you have peace. And the disciples, look, they're asking the same questions that, that this world is asking and maybe even many of us are asking. I mean, how can we have peace? Things seem so out of control. And yet God is saying to us, yes, but I'm still in control. You got to trust me. And as out of control as it seemed to the disciples, this was God's plan. It was God's plan when Jesus was arrested and he was put on trial. It was God's plan when Jesus was beaten and a crown of thorns was put on his head. It was God's plan when he was hung on a cross to die. It was God's plan when he was put in a tomb and buried in that tomb. And the disciples are watching from a distance and they're thinking, what is going on? Things are falling apart. Things to be, seem to be out of control. And God is saying, no, no, I'm still in control. You know, so often we sit in seasons between Jesus' death and his resurrection. Seasons of uncertainty, seasons of fear, as if our uncertainty is God's uncertainty. But it's not. Because even when things seem out of control for us, God is still in control. Jesus goes on to say to his disciples, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. That's some good news. We need some good news right now. In the midst of all the negativity and the anxiousness and the fear and the uncertainty, we need some good news. And Jesus gives us the best news of all. Take heart. I've overcome the world. I've overcome all this stuff. That's a a pretty big overcoming. God majors in bringing new life. You see, God was still in control. Even when things seem out of control, God was still in control because as we know, Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus, it it looked like everything was out of control. It looked like Satan had won. It looked like Jesus was crushed. It looked like this kingdom of God had come to nothing, but God was still in control and we may not see it yet, but, but God is still in control. And he's still working and bringing things into place and bringing good out of what is seemingly bad and what is seemingly out of control. And that's what we need to know, because God majors in new life. God majors in bringing life out of death and bringing something out of nothing and bringing chaos or excuse me, in bringing order out of chaos. He majors in bringing something good out of something seemingly bad and something seemingly out of control. God majors in new life. He majors in bringing life out of death and turning things from falling apart into turning things into falling into place because that's who God is. And because that's who he is, that's what he does. He brings good out of bad for his good and for his purposes. That's who our God is. And so Jesus rises from the dead and and suddenly everything changes. You see people of faith, we know that when it's all falling apart, and things seem to be out of control, we don't deny it. We don't act like there's nothing to be fearful of or, and just bury our heads in the sand and act, act like there's nothing out there that there, we should not be uncertain or fearful about anything. But, but what we do is in the midst of those things, we surrender our fear to our great faith in our great God. Because we know that God is in control. Because we know what Jesus has done, and we know who He is. Listen to what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 1. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be what? Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. And I love what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1. One of my favorite passages. He says, starting in verse 18, I pray pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That same power is the same power as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. In other words, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and to new life, that is the same power that's in you and me. In the midst of circumstances where it all seems like it's just out of control, that same power is the same power that God raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that God is using to still work out and bring things into place and bring good out of what is seemingly bad for His good and for His purposes because that's who our God is. And so yes, we'll have trouble. And yes, we'll have seasons of fear And uncertainty in times where things just seem like they are falling apart and out of control, but they're not out of control for God. Because he's still in control. And by the way, that's not just on the macro level. Like, that's not just on the big level and the big things. That's also on the little things in your life and in my life. God's not just worried about the little things and in control and sovereign in the little or in the big things. He's also sovereign in the little things. And I know those things may seem like they're insignificant at times like this when there's so much else going on in our world. But God still cares about the little stuff in your life. And he's still bringing things into place in those areas as well. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10. Starting in verse 29, he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. You see, Jesus is saying God's not just involved in the big stuff. He's also involved in the micro stuff. He's not just the macro, it's the micro too. He goes on to say, Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. Again, don't be what? Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. God's in the macro and he's in the micro. And so I think about a passage in, in Romans chapter 8 when Paul says that God works for the good of those who love him. Paul's not just talking about the big things and everything that's going on in our world. Paul's thought, talking about the little things too. That God knows, he cares about those things. And, and certainly that may not be always in line with our plan. Again, and remember it's not our plan. It's not, it's not our good that we think should happen. But it's God's good and his purpose that he wants to bring about in our lives, and by the way, that's not just true. That verse is not just true when we're sitting in the comfort of a church building. That's true in the storm too. That's true in the midst of the fear and anxiety, because our God is still in control. But Jesus says, even even the very hairs of your head are numbered. I got to thinking about that this week. That's a pretty busy job, I think. Although it's probably not as busy for me. I don't have as many hairs to count, but. Uh, the number's always changing, although for me it's usually going down. But, but Jesus is making a point here that God cares about every little detail. He's aware. He's, he's, he, he knows every little detail of your life. It's not foreign to him. It's not unknown to him. He knows even the very hairs of your head. And when things seem like they're out of control, even for you, not just in our world, but for you and in your life, God is whispering to you, I'm still in control. You've got to trust me. You know, in just three weeks, we're going to be celebrating Easter. We're going to be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior. Unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to be meeting together as a church family when Easter comes. But I do know that we'll be celebrating. Whether or not we're meeting together in the building or we're worshiping separately in our homes, we still will be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior because we don't just celebrate that one day a year or one day a week. We celebrate that each and every day as Christians because of what it means for our lives. We're going to celebrate because our Lord and Savior was once dead and now He's alive. And the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that raises us to new life. Things may seem like they're out of control for us, But our God is still in control, and we're going to worship the God who is still in control. And so we have real faith, real fears. But church, we also have real faith. And listen, when your faith is greater than your fears, you live like no one else. You live free. And so look, it's okay to acknowledge our fears. Maybe you want to spend some time this morning doing that. Just what are you afraid of? What's got you fearful right now? What's got you anxious right now? Where are you, what are you worried about right now? But don't, don't live there. When you're done acknowledging your fears, declare your faith. Say, God, I trust you. I may not see it. I may not understand it. But I trust that you're still in control. You know, so often we feel like we're in charge of things. We feel like we've we've got control of our lives and and the the situations that we're in. But if anything, this whole experience and these circumstances has taught me and it's probably taught you is that we're not nearly as in control as we'd like to think we are. I mean, we think we've got things under control and then, bam, all this hits and we just realize how fragile and out of control of things we are. And everything that's just going on just seems to put that more and more in perspective. And yet the reality is we still try. (laughs) We still try to gain a measure of control. I mean, you just think about how much toilet paper is being purchased right now. Why? I mean, all in the, in, in the name of regaining control, right? I, I saw a story about one guy who, who bought all this toilet paper, and he made a makeshift roadside stand to sell toilet paper, and there was actually a line of people lined up to buy toilet paper from it. I mean, what about this whole situation says that toilet paper is going to save us in the midst of COVID-19? Nothing, right? So why are we doing this? Because that's what fear and panic does. That's what fear and panic and uncertainty does. We're just trying to find things that we can control. And look, we can still take certain measures. We can still prepare. We can still wash hands. We can still do social distancing. And we can be smart financially and and, and be responsible financially. We can do all those things. But the declaration of faith is that we surrender our control to God. We don't take control, but we surrender our control to the One who is truly in control. Because even when things are seem seem like they are out of control for us, God is still in control. My prayer is that you'll put that mantra in your heart, and in your mind, and in your soul. Because I want to tell you something: if you don't put fear, if you don't put faith mantras in front of you, you'll have fear mongers all over you. If you don't put fear monsters in front of you, you will have fear mongers all over you and your life will be filled with fear and uncertainty. So get your faith above your fear and trust that our God is still in control. Someone asked me the other day, they said, is, you know, what if this is the end? Okay, well, what if this is the end? I, I don't know. But what if it is the end? Well, for you and I, If we know Jesus, what do we really have to fear? I'm not saying, again, those are real fears, those are real uncertainties, but what do we truly have to fear? We've got heaven waiting for us. Now, I'm not looking forward to death, but I know that death just brings the ultimate new life. You know, though, for me, I don't get caught up in whether this is the end and end times. I think we've been living in the end times since Jesus was resurrected and returned to heaven and we'll be living in the end times until he returns again i don't get caught up in that because from my point of view we ought to be living like every day is our last day i'm reminded of the words of the apostle paul when he says for me to live is christ and to die is gain and so if you and i are blessed to live another day on this earth and we live it for him and if this is our last then that is the ultimate gain And church, that's even more reason for us to share the hope and the peace that we have in Jesus Christ with others during these dark and uncertain times. And look, I realize that there are so many things to be fearful of, but let me tell you this. I don't know what the future holds, but I know this reality. I know who holds the future. And real faith overrides real fear. And so when things seem out of control for you, trust that God is still in control. I want to close our time with a prayer over us, and I want to go back to Psalm 103. And then I'll close with with just a prayer over our church and over our community and over our nation and our world. Oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe I'll bless His holy name. Oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins, everyone. He heals your diseases, everyone. Father, we need healing. He redeems you from hell, saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, beauty, eternal. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. God makes everything come out right father i just want to pray this over your church i know there are real fears that we are dealing with that our community our nation our world that we're all dealing with father things just seem so out of control but father as your people help us to place our faith over our fears and help us to remember and to trust that you are still in control Father, we pray for our community. We pray for our nation. We pray for our world. We pray for our leaders. We pray for the health care workers, the doctors, the nurses, those who are making decisions. Father, we pray for those who are most vulnerable during this time, our elderly, our children. Father, we also pray for those who are already sick and infected. Father, we pray for healing. More than anything, Father, we pray for spiritual healing. Father, I pray that as your church, as your people, we will be a light, that we will let our light shine in the midst of the darkness and the fear that our world is experiencing right now. And we pray all of these things in the name of your holy and and, and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.